Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode 9 of the podcast. Thank you for coming back. I'm your host, Ali, and I invite you all to sit and psych for a while. As always, if you have any topics or questions you would like me to address on the podcast, please reach out to me via email or reach out to me on social media. Also, make sure you're subscribed to the podcast that way you don't miss any future episodes and any information regarding episode release dates. In today's episode, we'll be talking about Industrial Organizational Psychology, IO Psych for short. We'll talk about what it is, why it makes a difference in the workplace, its applications, and some of its core concepts. Today's special guest is Muhammad Sultan, a fellow colleague and friend who happens to work in the field of IO Psych, and he'll be talking to us about what it is. So without further ado, please take a seat and enjoy the show. So, Mohammed, please introduce yourself. Hey, Ali. Thanks for having me on the show today. Brief introduction. My name is Mohammed Sultan. I actually uh, graduated from Roosevelt University down in Chicago. They've got one of the nation's only dual master's degree programs where you can get a master's in IO psychology as well as a master's of business administration. Well, it's a pleasure to have you on the show and thank you for coming on tonight. So, Mohammed, please give us a brief description of what IO psychology is. So industrial organizational psychology can be defined as the scientific study of human behavior in organizations and the workplace. So what that really means is that the field focuses on increasing workplace productivity and other sorts of issues such as the physical and mental well-being of their employees. Furthermore, you can think of it as working with large corporations or smaller companies rather than working one-on-one with an individual with a mental illness. For example, you have psychologists or psychiatrists that work with patients with mental disorders, disabilities, and so on and so forth, what an IO psychologist does is work on a larger scale and give their attention to companies rather than just certain individuals. Okay, so it sounds like it's psychology applied in a corporate context as opposed to a clinical context. Is that correct? Precisely. So, Mohammed, can you tell me a little bit more about the origins of industrial organizational psychology? So, it actually originated in the U.S., in the early 1900s through the work of well-known psychologists Hugo Munsterberg and Walter Dill Scott. Both of them were actually trained by German physiologist and psychologist Wilhelm Wundt. And although it wasn't very well known at the time, it was a field that grew very rapidly after World War I and World War II. Another well-known person in the industry was actually Frederick Taylor, who was an American industrial engineer. And he was one of the people that pioneered IO psychology throughout World War One and so on. So IO psych goes back a long time. Fairly, not as old as some of the other types of psychology that have been around, but it's an up and coming one and definitely something we're seeing a lot of growth in. So what does an IO psychologist do? Great question, Ali. Well, IO psychologists do a lot. And everyone always has this question, so what does an IO psychologist actually do, right? What do they bring to the table? Why do companies need them? Well, IO psychologists use psychological principles and research methods to solve various problems in the workplace. They do a lot of things revolving around improving the quality of life. They study workplace productivity and management and employee working styles. They get an overall feel of the culture, the climate, as well as the morale and personality of a company or organization. What they do after that is then collaborate 
collaborate with management and to help plan policies, carry out screenings, training sessions, and ultimately develop a plan for the future of the company and their success. So they do a lot of creating and developing of tools that help the businesses succeed. So this can be anything from personality tests, research and development materials. They can work directly with the HR team in order to figure out things such as employee satisfaction, productivity, performance, and work-life balance. And IO psychologists can also go into the field of consulting, whether that be for small companies that need help getting off the ground or larger companies that are looking to make more in profit, as well as provide a more hospitable environment for their employees. Finally, they can also work on things such as mergers and acquisitions, hiring top talent for these mergers and acquisitions, and as well as uh, apply their psychological research to the workplace. So to my knowledge, there are two separate subfields of IO psychology the industrial and the organizational. How do the two differ from each other and what makes them important in the workplace? Yeah, so you're actually right about that. So you have I side and O side. They're actually two sides of the same coin. The main focus of the I side is to understand human behavior in the workplace and use that to improve organizational efficiency, selection, and training. It's also more of a top-down perspective, which views the human behavior to then figure out the ways in which the organization can benefit from the actual application of those psychological principles. What the organizational side focuses on is actually understanding the behavior in order to enhance employee satisfaction and well-being in that workplace. So organizational topics are things such as employee attitudes, employee behavior, job stress, supervisory practices. The O side is actually inverse of the industrial side. It's all bottom-up perspective rather than top-down. So what are the typical career paths for individuals that are in the O side as opposed to individuals on the I side of the coin? I side professionals typically work on things such as HR. So they're working on talent acquisition, employee testing, have you ever taken a personality test like the 16PF or the Meyer-Briggs? I-side professionals usually use those tests to determine what kind of person or what kind of personality you or an employee might have and whether or not they're a good fit for the role and for the company as well. Now, on the O side, you have more of the consulting or performance, work-life balance, employee mental and physical well-being, and they're the ones that implement those projects into the workplace or into the workforce. Okay, thank you for explaining the difference between the two. Now, what are some of the core concepts of IO psychology? There are six main core concepts. They all actually kind of revolve around the career paths that we just discussed earlier. You have your training and development, employee selection, ergonomics, performance management, work life, and organizational development. Being that these are the core concepts, I want to kind of dive in and talk about how important they actually are to the workplace as well as to the future of companies. When you have someone that works on the training and development side, you have someone who's determining the skill sets that are needed for the jobs that the company's looking to hire. You have the people that are creating these training programs. So you have what might be known as your L&D team, your learning and development team. They're the ones that create the training programs for new hires as well as retraining they have the training for people who are moving up into management or further in their career paths. Next, you have your employee selection. Everyone knows how important it is to hire the right candidate, right? There's no such thing as the perfect candidate, but that's where the employee selection comes in. By developing certain tests, whether that be personality tests or actual tests 
that relate to the job, quantitative or qualitative tests. The IO psychologists develop these tests in order to figure out who the best possible candidates are while simultaneously getting rid of any bias in the exam. You also have ergonomics, which kind of goes hand in hand with work life and work life balance. What I've noticed is that research is showing that a lot of companies nowadays are trying to give their employees a better work life balance by not only providing better working conditions, but by making it a little bit more ergonomic. They're doing things like having standing desks. As we all know, that definitely improves your posture, it improves your core strength, your productivity, as well as your overall mood. Unfortunately, not every company has the finances to do that. The majority of firms, companies, and corporations have their employees sitting down for extended periods of time, which can actually affect the employee's mental health just as much, if not more, than the physical health. Last but not least, we also have performance management and organizational development. Now, performance management does tie back with learning and development, or L&D, and the reason being is that the people that work in performance management also are the ones that develop assessments to help test employees and figure out if employees are able to do their jobs properly. Furthermore, as an OD or an organizational development consultant, these are the ones that actually help improve organizations, right? So that the ones that increase profits, they redesign certain products, and they improve the organizational structure as a whole. So Mohammed, based on what you're saying, there must be different applications for the different concepts of IO psychology in different settings, whether it's in academia, government, or in a business setting. Is that correct? Absolutely. That's that's right on the nose. So in the beginning of the episode, you mentioned that you actually studied industrial organizational psychology at Roosevelt University. So can you tell us a little bit more about what are the key steps that someone needs to take in order to go into this field? And additionally, what are some areas of expertise that an individual going into this field has to have? There are actually a number of different ways to get into the field. There are schools that have bachelor's in psychology programs, and they do have specializations in IO psychology, the same way they have you know, applied psychology, uh, clinical psych, or counseling psych. That would be for the most basic level jobs in the IO field. However, if you want to go into, for example, consulting or practicing as an IO psychologist, you are more or less required to get a master's in IO psychology. Lastly, you have those that wish to pursue a career in academia or research, and those are the ones that usually go for their PhDs. They have dissertations that they defend, they conduct rigorous research, they do a lot of tests, samples, uh, data analysis, and all in order to reach findings of statistical significance, which can be generalizable to different populations. And as for the second part of your question regarding areas of expertise, a lot of it actually has to do with things such as data analysis. A lot of IO psychologists use tools such as R, SPSS, or Python for this data analysis because it really simplifies all the information down. There are still numerous psychologists and data analysts who use Excel because of how proficient they are with the tool as well as how simple it is for everyday use. However, it's not as versatile as some of the newer languages and technologies that are out today. Finally, the majority of skills that you're going to use in your everyday life as an IO psychologist is actually stuff that you learn in school or at an internship or on the job. Thank you for that information, Mohammed. Now, what does the future of IO psychology look like? As we continue to move forward with this technologically advanced society, we also need companies to move forward with being more people-oriented. We need them to be more focused on certain topics such as employee productivity, employee satisfaction, and employee mental and physical well-being. Now, when we compare ourselves to other countries across the world, 
we see that our companies typically have a very individualistic point of view when compared to companies on the eastern half of the world, which are more collectivist, right? They're all focused on their employees because their employees are the product. Their employees, the people that work at the company, are the ones that generate the funds for the company. Whereas here in the United States, we typically see companies being business bottom line focused, which sometimes actually ends up hurting the company. Now, as an IO psychologist, my goal is to actually create that change here in the Western Hemisphere and have our companies and have our organizations focus more on their employees employees health as well as their employees satisfaction because in turn that's going to create a better economy as well as a better business bottom line for example some of the research that i've read on companies in nations such as australia new zealand netherlands denmark finland sweden and switzerland all have better work-life balances and the reason is because their employees are working less hours and actually getting paid the same, if not more, than if they were working 40, 50, 60 hours like we do here in the United States. They also have more ergonomic environments to work in. So they're not sitting down for 8, 9, 10, 11 hours a day like we do here in our normal quote-unquote 9 to 5 jobs. And to top it off, all these companies have seen very significant increases in statistical numbers. For example, companies will see a 7 to 12% increase in productivity, a 15 to 20% increase in overall profit and a decrease in counterproductive work behavior by actually 5 to 12%. So now at this point in time, what I really see in the future of IO psychology is the United States and other Western countries following suit and integrating these implementations into their own business model, which will not only increase the company's reputations, but also the overall business bottom line. So it's a win-win-win for everyone involved, the company, the employees, and the economy. Mohammed, thank you so much for being on the show today i appreciate both your time and your insight it's been truly informative it's always interesting to see how psychology can be used through a different lens to look at different aspects of life and how there's a clinical application for it and a non-clinical application for it and it's always interesting to see that other side of the coin Again, Ali, thank you so much for having me on the show. It was actually my pleasure being a part of this conversation, and I definitely look forward to hearing the next chapter. Thank you, Mohammed. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, we come to the end of Episode 9. Thank you for coming back, and thank you for listening. And special thanks to Mohammed Sultan for being a guest on the show today. As always, if there's any topics that you would like us to address on the podcast, please reach out to me via email or on Facebook or Twitter. Also, make sure you're subscribed to the podcast that we don't miss any new episodes or information regarding episode release dates. As always, thank you for coming by and I'll see you next time.